All right, welcome to the Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. This is the show where I do improvised horror stories. What I do is I pull out random titles from a jar, and then I make up the stories from there. If you have any titles you'd like to submit, you can send them to quarantinespookshow at gmail.com or send them to me directly. Yeah, I don't have too much to say, uh, top of the show for this session other than just thinking about you know when you uh, I guess when you put things off or when you're afraid to do something you know it's remarkable how often uh, when you're afraid to do something and then you do it it's often a very painless simple experience Even if it's like a 15-minute task or something, you know. Or something more arduous, like a afternoon of work or something like that. And you go into it thinking, you know, you know, you've been through it before, and it's just like, all right. You do this task, and at the end you'll be glad you did it. Whenever you have a new task to go, that same fear always comes up, you know. It's remarkable how that works. I don't really understand it or pretend to. But definitely something I was thinking about today. Anyway, let's get started. This story is called, This Guy Keeps Talking About His Pokemon Cards.
remember being a kid in 2001. special small-scale card collecting uh, convention in the mall. I don't even know if I'd call it a convention. Maybe some sort of flea market. Looking back, I don't even remember what the event was about, really. All I remember is they had, like, card collectors and bunch of little franchise collections all lined up in tables. Now my big thing at the time was Pokemon cards. A lot of kids born in the early 90s. I was called in on right at the cusp of Pokemon's popularity. Right in the designated age bracket to cling on to it the hardest. When I bought the packets, uh, when I had some ch- enough change to collect, and I collect them. cousins and some friends and we trade cards and admire each other's collections. I remember when my one friend had a very specific binder where he collected all of his valuable cards. But I just had a simple little deck. I just like to look at them, you know. The only card that I had that was shiny was a really cool Machamp card. It was one of my favorite Pokemon. But when I went to that mini convention, I was floored and amazed by all the cool cards around. dad gave me $20 to buy whatever I wanted. So I went around and looked, the, looked the, at the cards. And then and I ended up buying a, uh, a card with a shiny card with a Giovanni on it. The leader of Team Rocket and the eighth badge holder. spent the rest of the money on a couple of packs and then I just sifted through them on a bench outside of an Auntie Anne's 
That's also next to a hot topic. going through them and I was counting them. I know, uh, there's this one little Bioplume card that I liked. A little Bulbasaur. That was cool. And there's a kid next to me who was just like, oh, you counting up those cards? And I was like, oh yeah, uh, I got a couple of packs. And he's like, oh, cool, cool. Check this out. And he showed me two cards that he got from a shiny, a, a shiny Charizard and a shiny Mewtwo. And I was like, whoa, that's really cool. And he was like, yeah, man, it's really cool. And I was just like, oh, well, how much were those? I was a little bit jealous that he was able to get those expensive cards. He's like, no, I found these in packs today. And I was like, oh, cool. How'd that happen? Or I said something along the lines of like, oh, what are the odds? And he was just like, you gotta have a, you just gotta be smart about it. You gotta pick the right pack, you know? And I was like, wow, it's really cool. found out that uh, he was from one town over and he was moving to my school district so we exchanged uh, house numbers and talked about hanging out and he only lived a 15 minute walk away so we'd hang out pretty often often we'd just play video games and talk about our mutual love for Pokemon and we'd uh talk about our collections and stuff. And again, we never played the game of Pokemon cards. No one really knew how to play that. We'd always uh, lay our cards out and talk about different scenarios of what a fight between our Pokemon would look like. And he'd be all like, oh, yeah, well, I bet my Electro Buzz would take on your Magmar. And I'd be like, no, Magmar would take on your Electro Buzz, you know? Be like, oh yeah, well, my, you know, my, uh, my star me can splash you. But we talk about philosophies about Pokemon. How we were also mutually stunned that Magikarp evolved into Gyarados. Deep inside ba baseball Pokemon stuff. 
you know. The way I felt about Pokemon at, at the time. It was the first video game I ever played. And the way people talk about Shakespeare, uh, about the entire spectrum of human experience is within it. Any sort of scenario or situation or conflict that humans can get into, there's always a relevant uh, Shakespeare quote that could be associated with it. And I felt the same way about Pokemon. Whenever I had a conflict situation, or scenario that I was encountering, I could always rela relate it back to an experience I had playing that first generation of Pokemon games. Pokemon Red was my thing. And I'd be like, oh, this is just like wandering around Saffron City to that fighting dojo thinking it's the next gym but it isn't really and you think oh it's easier than usual and then no you actually have to go to a big tower to fight Team Rocket before you can actually get the badge in that town kind of cool but a real pain in the ass to maneuver through and as a child my love for Pokemon was pure but as I grew older I moved on to other things After 9-11, I started to learn more about what a president was and what politics were. Still not really knowing much about it, but hearing parents talk about it and all that, and reference different countries in the Middle East. And then when I got back into playing cards, I would get into Yu-Gi-Oh. That was fun while it lasted, wasn't it? I bring it over to my friend's house. Uh, his name was Todd. And I'd be like, oh, I got some Yu Gi Oh cards. And he's like, oh, you don't want to just do Pokemon stuff? And I was like, oh, nah, man. Uh, he's like, oh, well, did you play uh, Gold and Silver? And I said, uh, yeah, that was, it was okay. Um, I don't know, I'm just kind of more in the Yu Gi Oh these days, you know? It's a pretty fun game when you start playing it. ago. That's, uh, that's cool. No, I still like Pokemon, though. And I was like, oh, Yu-Gi-Oh's cool, too. Look, check this out. You know, this is a blue-eyes white dragon right here. And he's like, yeah, well, I bet my Charizard can beat that dragon any day. And I said, well, I don't disagree with you, but, you know, not part of, like, the same world or same stats or anything like that. It's just like stats. Who needs stats unless you're playing Pokemon? You don't need to know for the cards or anything. They just look cool and they're Pokemon, man. You know, gotta collect them all, right? And I was like, yeah, well, I collected some of them. Uh, completed, I completed most of my Pokedex when I played that first gen game. 
Uh, but you know, it's, there's other stuff out there. There's stuff to check out. And Todd was like, yeah, I don't know, man. I just like my Pokemon. And I was like, alright, I can respect it. I didn't really keep up with Pokemon cards or how it developed. Frankly, I started to disassociate with Pokemon once they started to introduce new regions and new types of Pokemon. It was actually a dark realization of truth uh, as a child. Where I learned about the corporate interests um, or the, uh, the corporate influence of storytelling in the world. How uh, the first wave of Pokemon happened. And as a kid, it was a beautiful thing to be a part of. Really the first sophisticated field of knowledge that I associated with. And then they released the second generation, which was the uh, same type of game, but introducing different Pokemon. And when I tried playing it, I was like, I already did this. I already went on this journey. And that's when I learned that many, uh, many companies that specialize in storytelling of some sort will just tell the, uh, do the same types of scenarios over and over again. Repackages, repackaging the same journey with some slight different modifications. And trying to do that long enough to appeal to new generations just in time for the older generations to be fed up with it or bored. It was a real downer of a realization as a child. time it didn't make me cynical enough to not get into other franchise-based media and entertainment. And then after Yu-Gi-Oh! as I started to get more mature, you know, late middle school, getting a couple of hairs on my chin, I started getting into Magic the Gathering. Now, in no uncertain terms, Magic the Gathering totally fucked me. Like, that game's nuts. Once I started actually playing the game, constantly rearranging the rules of the board to fit your own needs, and to calibrate your deck to impose a specific type of suffering so your opponent can face a seemingly internal defeat. It was a riveting experience that perfectly blended uh, with my growing teenage edge. And I would see Todd from time to time. And it was one thing to be into something and have an interest in it and not to be interested in other things. But he was still in the Pokemon cards as much as he was when he was a kid. I tried to teach him Magic the Gathering and 
all the different cards there and like, oh, look at this art there, you know? You know, I follow this artist on uh, DeviantArt uh, who did the design for these cards. And he's like, oh, that's, uh, that's cool. Um, but yeah, I'm still, uh, still in the Pokemon, man, you know? Ruby and Sapphire, that was, that was pretty dope, right? And I was like, yeah, I played it. It was good. It was good. Definitely didn't... I definitely enjoyed it way more than I thought I would, you know? Had kind of a fresh look to it, and it was cool. And it was like, yeah, and Fire Red and Leaf Green. That was really cool, right? I said, well, that's just literally the same... That was just like red, blue, and yellow. It's just a remake, pretty much, for next generation, you know? Not really a big appeal to me or anything. It's like, oh, well, that was still cool and well-made. And I was like, yeah, it was, but even as a kid, you know, like, I remember I'd play Pokemon on a Super Nintendo and, like, plug it into a cartridge so it'd be on a bigger screen, and it just looked like a weird pixelated mess, but it was so, so badass and cool, you know? And he's like, yeah, yeah, it was, was cool. It still is cool. Pokemon's the shit, man. I said I never said it was, wasn't, you know? But I'm also saying there's other stuff out there, you know? You know, Yu-Gi-Oh's cute. Magic the Gathering is dark, you know? Even things that don't have to do with cards, you know? And I started getting to hiking if you want to try that sometime. And he chuckled and said, no, I'm just going to stick with Pokemon. started to become more distant as the years went on. And I want to say it was about probably February of senior year. I was already getting ready for the next phase of my life in college and enjoying the last months of high school School in general, really. And I was like, oh, I haven't hung out with Todd in a while. Now, I didn't know everything about his home life. I knew there were some issues happening, and he moved in with his uncle uh, for the last stretch of high school. And then he was working on getting emancipated and getting his own, own apartment. Sometimes I, I would have conversations with him in the hallway by the lockers. And he'd be all like, yeah, man, you know, looking for an apartment, uh, trying to do research on how, like, how to apply for a mortgage, you know, maybe I can get my own place or something. I just thought, oh, wow, he's really on it, you know? He's really steered away from Pokemon, but... Yeah. And of course, that age of, at that uh, stage of being a teenager, you get very obsessed of being out on your own. 
and trying to figure out uh, how to make that work. And then you do get out on your own, and you're just like, ah, well, this also sucks, I guess. But still, in February, uh, in the last year of high school, we talked about hanging out, and he invited me over. I don't think I've ever been to his house back when he lived with his uncle. But it wasn't too far of a drive, uh, just by the perimeter of the uh, school district. But when I parked a car, I see him sitting on the porch. Sitting there, looks like he's counting something. I knew he had a job of some sort, so maybe though he was counting money, you know. Again, as at that age, I was envious of people who had a job as being a teenager. And then when I got my first job, I was like, oh well, this stinks. So when I get on the porch, I see him, and he's like, oh counting Pokemon cards. And he nodded and shrugged. He's like, yeah, I'm still into it. And I was like, oh, how's that uh, How's that going? And he was like, it's not as good as it used to be, man. You know? I mean, I still collect them. I, you know, I sell a lot of what I have on eBay, uh, except for the ones that I have more sentimental value with. Um, it's a good way to raise money. Uh, I'm putting it into my savings. Um, I don't know what I'm going to spend it on. Thinking about going to film school and trying to make a feature film or something. Like maybe like a one or two year uh, tracked workshop of some sort, just so I can learn the basic skill set of managing a crew and all that, and script writing and lighting and all that fancy stuff. And then have the money raised to film it myself, you know? That's like my current prospect, I guess. And I was like, oh, dude, that's awesome. And he shrugged again. He was like, yeah, yeah. Just trying to keep my feet moving, you know. And I said, no, but that's like, you got a really, you got a really good work ethic, you know. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, thanks. I mean, like, when we think back to, like, playing Pokemon uh, when we were kids, like, if you have a Charmander and you're trying to fight an Onix at that first gym that Brock's in, it's a fucking nightmare, you know? And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I had some friends that had a Pokemon Yellow, and I had the same thing with uh, when they had a Pikachu. You know, I started off with a Squirtle, so I just got to squirt, squirt the rocks, you know? Geodude and Onyx were kind of knocked out pretty quickly, you know? And he was like, yeah, yeah. But if you have nothing else to do but, like, scratching a big rock snake monster, you know, you're kind of fucked. Maybe you get a quick attack if you're really grinding, but even still...
But we would hang out less and less in high school as it went on, so we sat there and talked about our lives and our prospects. And I said, yeah, man, I'm going to Delaware County Community College. Uh, I'm going to do that for a year or two. Then maybe transfer over to a state school or something. Uh, when I figure out what I want to do, I at least want to get those core classes out of my out of my system you know get those out of the way rather and Todd nodded like oh he wasn't going to college and didn't feel it was necessary he had a whole big spiel about it and just said well you know if you don't uh, if you don't know what we want to do then how do you know college is going to help out And he said, uh, and I said, uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, you know, I want to make my parents proud. It seems like the thing to do, you know, kind of do that and then I'll move into the city afterwards. It's kind of my main plan right now. And he nodded and he said, yeah, yeah, I don't know, man. I mean, like some people I work with, you know, they're maybe like 10, 15 years older than us and they went to college and they have the same job that I have. So I don't know, maybe they didn't have a lot of direction or stuff got in the way of what they wanted to do for real. I mean, I don't know. The more I learn about life, the less you can actually like plan out. So I just hope, hope it works out for you. That all. That's all. He's stuttering a little bit, kind of getting, not teary-eyed, but a little bit more emotional than I was expecting. I was like, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, we can still hang out, you know. He's like, yeah, yeah, we should do that. I said, well, we're doing it now. He's like, yeah, yeah. I said, so you still keep up with all those uh, Pokemon games? And I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's the games. I mean, I'm a big card guy, but, like, you know, those games, they're getting pretty gnarly. Like, there's one on the DS that's it's worth checking out sometime. And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe I will. said, yeah, every time I go to, like, a convention or a Comic-Con, you know, I always, like, try to bring a lot of stuff to sell, you know, good way to meet people, you know, in the community, you know. I was like, yeah, that's awesome. He shrugged. He said, that's basically my way of, like, meeting people, just using Pokemon as, like, the entry point and then getting to know them more of a deeper, deeper level, you know, that goes. I nodded and thought back to the time when we first met. I was like, yeah, yeah, man, I remember. I can't really... It's hard to describe the look on his face that he had next. But he definitely kind of, like, stared out into space. I was thinking about something. I don't know what. But it was something very contemplative. And he was like, actually, you know, I got some, uh... There's some Pokemon stuff I'm working on if you want to see. And I was like, oh, what? Like, is it, like, are you getting into, like, cosplay or something? And he's like, kind of, kind of, you know. Here, it's that. Yeah, it's in the back. Follow me. 
So we cut through his house uh, and walk out the back door. His uncle had a fair amount of space in the back. And we're heading toward a shed uh, near some trees. And he said, yeah, it's a... Uh, so my uncle's, like, really big into hunting and, like, taxidermy and stuff. And I was, like, learning stuff from him. You know? I fucking love taxidermy. You know? It's so fucking dope. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can... I can appreciate it, at least. Personally, I wasn't too into hunting and taxidermy and dead animals. But, you know... I was just a young teenager who hasn't seen much of the world yet. And he said, yeah, yeah, so I'm trying to, you know, so what I was thinking is, like, how could I incorporate that to, like, my love of Pokemon, you know? How to bring people together to get connected, you know? I don't know. Like, we've talked about this before, but, like, Pokemon is, relates to so much shit in life about how to live and things you can do. You know, I want to think about, like, how Pokemon can, like, you know, what more can you add to it and blend to it, you know? How to make Pokemon, like, a living experience, you know what I mean? And I was like, yeah, okay, sure. I didn't quite know what he meant, other than Pokemon were real, just, like, sending them into, like, factories or making them agents of war or something. Some weird, dark, real-world implication of what Pokemon would be if it existed for real. Which I personally preferred it as just, like, the fun, collecting pets that fight each other, you know? But we go into his shed. He turns on the light. Looks like there's a bunch of taxidermy projects uh, scattered around. There's a stack of pelts uh, on a table, a mini fridge, which I assume carcasses were in it of some sort. I was looking at a shelf uh, about some taxidermy animals. But it didn't look quite right. There was one. It looked like a rat. But like... Its teeth were larger. No, it was a mouse. It was a mouse. So it was a mouse with large teeth. And I tried to take a closer look at it. It didn't look natural to it. And he said, "Yeah." So I wanted to start off small, you know, start off with uh, animals, or um, excuse me, start off with Pokemon that are already based off of animals, right? You know. So I started with like Ratatata, you know pretty much just like a little mouse rat dude uh but he's pretty small also 
So what I did is I found a mouse, and then I found a rat, and I took the front teeth from a rat and kind of put them into the mouth of a mouse. So that's supposed to be Ratatata. And I was like, uh-huh. He said, yeah, but it's get, it gets trickier because like a lot of the Pokemon are just like blends of other Pokemon, you know? I'm not the first person to say this, but Bulbasaur is pretty much a dinosaur with an onion on it, right? And I was like, uh, shit, yeah, I guess so. He was like, yeah, so, um, yeah, it's, I mean, that's a little bit tougher. Uh, I, it's hard to find any reptiles, like, shaped like Bulbasaur. You know, he's, like, very stout. The closest I could make was this. And he pointed to a lizard seem very stout. The most stout lizard I've ever seen. I don't I don't think it's something that exists in nature. He's like, yeah, I tried to do like a frog maybe, but a frog's too different. So I kind of just like smushed the lizard, took out its bones and kind of smushed it like an accordion so it could be like more stout and girthier. And then I like kind of glued the onion on top of it and I dipped it in resin so it wouldn't go bad or anything. I stared at that uh, creature. He's like, "Yeah, that's a that is a condensed lizard with an onion on it." I started to look at all the creatures, and they were all blends of different pieces of different creatures added to other creatures. Again, there were simple ones, like there was a Pidgey that was a pigeon. And I saw one that looked like a Pikachu, which could have been easily three to five different animals. It was really hard to say. Some of the animals I could recognize as Pokemon, but some of them I couldn't even recognize. bird with like a beak with some little raccoon hands attached to it and I was like what the fuck is this and he was like oh that's a uh, far-fetched you know see his little stick and I was like oh yeah he's holding a stick all right but I was looking at the Pikachu it looked like a living nightmare even its eyes were different I could count four or five like seam spots on it it looked like a garbled garbled mess that would not exist in nature and he said alright I know I know what you're thinking that doesn't look like a Pikachu I know but you can tell it's a Pikachu right and I was like um I, I guess and he was like right but you know, it's, again, it's, you know, Pikachu's just like a mouse, a little electric mouse. Um, but, like, since it's such, like, a flagship Pokemon, you know, I really wanted to get it right, you know? And he was like, um, I was like, okay, sure. And he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I guess I gotta show you. Um, hold on. 
stepped out of the shed for a bit. I had a moment where I felt like I was really fucked and I should get out of that get out of that shed. But before I could make a decision about it, he just went right back in. And he had a garbage bag with him. And I was like, yeah, see, so yeah, if you look around, started to pull out these other Frankenstein creatures that were already rotting in the garbage. Didn't have gloves on or anything, he just sifted through these rotting corpses, pieces of corpses haphazardly sewn together. And they had an awful smell that was more than rotting flesh. They smelled like burnt tires. And I was like, dude, what the fuck is that smell? And he said, yeah, um, it's, well, so it's like, you know, I don't want to, it's not, these aren't just like taxidermy replicas of like Pokemon, right? You know, I want them to like have like their abilities or some version of it you know so like with like the Pikachu ones um I tried to have it rigged in a way so it could like conduct electricity so it could have like really like sparkly cheeks you know and it can like shock you if you like try to pet it or anything and he was and in my head I just thought why the fuck would I want to pet any of these monstrosities and he was like yeah you know so but like with the Pikachu um yeah, it's, I, I, I kind of, I like fried a lot of them. Like, look, like this one's just like, had, has like burnt hair, fur, you know. A lot of the uh, Frankenstein Pikachu creatures were, uh, looked charred. I had their skin and fur burn. Some of the creatures even, like, burst open for electricity, and he's just, like, holding... Todd was just, like, holding these guts that were leaking out of these poor creatures. And he was like, yeah, yeah, you know. <clears throat> I think it's just it's just cool, that's all. Yeah. So what do you think? And I said, what do I think? And he said, yeah, yeah, what do you think? And I just said, Todd, this is fucked up. And he's like, what, why, why? And I just said, dude, you're, you're, this is like Frankenstein shit. Like, come on, man. You're taking these corpses and tearing them to pieces and reorchestrating them. He's like, okay, well, it's not, like, a big deal, you know? Like, people do plenty of body modifications. Like, what if you need a new heart? You know, someone has to give it to you. You have to get it from, like, a dead body. And I just said, it's not the same thing, man. You're literally being Frankenstein right now. And he's like, no, but I've been talking to people, like, on the internet that would actually be, like, into this shit. And I said, yeah, they're probably as fucked up as you are, man. Like, what are you doing? He didn't say anything for a bit. Looked like he was gonna tear up. And he just said, well, I, I just like Pokemon man that's all this is this is 
pure love Pokemon. That's it. And I said, okay. It's fine if you love Pokemon, but this is not Pokemon, man. And he said, no. Yes, this is. You know, when you're a kid, or even like an adult, maybe like images on a screen, or like, I don't know, man, like two-dimensional cartoons on a piece of stock paper on a card is enough, man. Maybe it is for most people, but I have an understanding of Pokemon that transcends anyone else's. I know I can make Pokemon real. I know I can do it. And I said, dude, this is not the same thing at all. I mean, if anything, just get into animal husbandry, man. Like, that's... Farming and whatever? It's basically like the same thing, man. Like, literally, they're just animals. Dealing with animals in any capacity, it's... Very... Very similar to Pokemon, I would guess. So just, you know... Be a veterinarian or something. I thought I thought you loved Pokemon almost at least almost as much as I did. I thought you would get it. And I was just like, dude, we Our branches split apart a long time ago, man. Apparently. Like I didn't know you were this fucked up inside. Like this is what serial killers do. Like, come on. He's like, I'm not a serial killer. He said that in a tone as if that wasn't the first time he said it, which was also kind of weird. And I said, look, man, I gotta get out of here. I gotta, I gotta go. I just stormed out of the shed. And he followed me. He was just like, come on, dude, don't be like this. Come on, what are you doing? I just walked past his house, started heading to my car, and they shouted at me. It's not even illegal. It's not even illegal. And then I ended up looking up later, and it was kind of illegal. By the time I just got into my car and just drove off. And it was the last time I thought I would see Todd. Because if he was going on this path, path of... Dese uh, you know, of... Desecrating these animal bodies. You know. Just couldn't really deal with that. So I thought that would be the last time I would see him. heard, you know, over the years, I would uh, come in and out of town, you know, when I got out of college, I got a pretty decent office job, 
and I come back to town for you know holidays and stuff. I was mainly working at the city at this point. In the market of getting a house, moving back to the suburbs in some capacity. But of course I'd visit, you know, every couple of months, you know, come by for holidays, you know, or I'd bring family over to the city, you know. kept the roots to where I grew up pretty grounded for the most part. But I'd hear things about Todd here and there. I did hear that he got a got some far more further up north in the mountains. And he had like a short lived career as a vet. But then he was arrested for animal abuse and got his license stripped away. These are just things I heard from acquaintances and friends that I still had in town. And the occasional headline if I was flipping through a newspaper or, you know, some article online or I was watching the news. At some point, he got into tech, and he uh, learned how to make money for himself. Also, got into stocks. I'd hear about that, and uh, I never told anyone about what I saw in that shed that one day in that February of my senior year of high school. So, whenever people bring him up, I'll just remain silent about what I saw, about what his true nature was. my head, I would think, yeah, I don't want anything to do with him. Uh, fucking Todd, Jesus. It's so upsetting and depressing when you invite someone into your life that you care about and trust and respect. As the layers peel back and you get to know each other more and more, become more intimate, you discover that they have like some sort of unquenchable darkness that destroys everything around them. Maybe all people are like that to a degree. But for people like Todd, I don't know, it's not something that I can handle. But at this point, uh, 10 years after I graduated high school, at that point it was probably about three or four years that I heard anything about Todd, or even thought about him, really. had a pretty decent marketing career uh, in the city. I was able to afford my own one-bedroom bedroom apartment. 
still saving up to buy a house of some sort. Maybe pivoting careers, who know, who knows. I'd say my life was pretty good, you know. There's one night when uh, I was at a bar with some friends, and uh, for lack of a better phrase, we were getting turned. Got a little bit drunk, but really high. Definitely the most inebriated I've been in a few years. But I made it back to my apartment safely. Remind me back of partying in college, and I was like, oh yeah, I haven't partied like this in a while. Shit. crashed on the couch. I was too tired to do my ritual of brushing my teeth and putting on lotion. And reading a excerpt from a, from a nice novel and then going to sleep. I just thought, oh, maybe I'll crash on the couch tonight. You know, watch some TV or something. Yeah, man. I was thinking to myself, oh, I was feeling loose, finally. It's been so long and so uh, so hard on myself, so uptight, you know. Really just got to take time to, like, smell the roses sometimes, and then I heard a sound. It sounded like a scratching or like a yelp. It derailed my train of inebriated thought. First, I thought I was hearing things, like, oh, I'm not that high, am I? like doing like a light tripping kind of thing what's going on I look around I was like did someone break into my apartment it seemed unlikely I was pretty high up I was on a pretty high floor and I had good locks on my door first thought uh, maybe it was something outside. And then I heard the scratching and yelping sound again. And I just thought, what the, what the hell was that? I stood up, I was worried. I didn't think it was like a big break-in or anything. Uh, maybe like an animal got in or something, but how would that happen? I'm like in the middle of the city. I kept a golf club by the door, and I held it, ready to strike at whatever was in my apartment. 
boxed it up and that's when I saw it. It was this strange little creature. Very nightmarish looking. It looked like the blend of a rabbit and a rat and a possum and maybe one or two other animals I couldn't really identify. Goofer, I don't know. But I saw it. And it looked terrifying. It looked extremely miserable and unhappy. But it started to waddle towards me on two feet on its hindquarters. And then it fell over forward had crooked teeth and was oozing saliva out of his mouth and then would get back up and it waddled toward me again it made this weird rat screeching sound that I couldn't really put my finger on like its vocal cords were damaged and severed several times over I looked at the creature and horror and also in sympathy because I only felt this type of fear one other time when I went to Todd's shed in high school and I felt sympathy for the creature about it being mutilated maybe a dozen times over I don't know right right when I was reflecting on that day in the shed I had a view of the doorway to my bedroom and then I just see Todd's head pop out from the side and he said I did it I didn't break eye contact with Todd. And I said, Todd, what did you do? He stood down to the hallway. And he said, well, look. Look at him. It's Pikachu. I did it. And I was like, dude, what did you... Dude, we gotta end this... Cre- what did you do to this creature? He said, well, it's not just one creature. Say it's like a... I pulled from about uh, eight different uh, species, you know. And you need the organs of 12 different specimens together. All to create this. This unique form of life. I did it, dude. I did it. And I said, Todd, I'm going to put this creature down to end its misery. I had the golf club ready. I was going to go after Todd first. And I killed the creature by more sincere means. And Todd said, no, don't you... Don't you understand? I did it. I made Pokemon real. This is a real Pikachu. 
said Pikachu, use Shockwave. And then a spark emitted from the creature's face. And then just screamed in pain from it. I didn't know what, how the creature was rigged to emit electricity. said this is the this is gonna be the prototype I need more funding though you understand and I know you're you're well off you know maybe you can like help be be on the ground floor of this thing you know and I said I would never do Todd like do you even have any humanity left? And then Todd said, uh, yeah. And I just said, Todd, you gotta, you gotta get out of here, man. Just take that thing with you. I won't tell anyone I'll pretend it never happened. But if you don't leave right now, I'm gonna physically assault you with this golf club. I just stared at me. Stared at me like I was breaking his heart. And he said, you never loved Pokemon, did you? And I said, Todd, that's not the point. You know it. Get out of here. And he said, okay, well, if you're not going to you know, if you're not gonna invest, you know, if you're gonna be too, too um, cheap, stringent, or, you know, airtight on your money, you know, gonna be a grouch about it, fine. Now just take what I need from you. And I said, dude, I'm gonna call the cops if you try anything. I pulled out my phone, I forgot that it was dead. So I was bluffing at the time. He said, no, no, I'm not going to take your money. You know, like... This Pikachu isn't the first creature in my... This isn't the only creature in my collection, you know? It's definitely the flagship. This is the one I showcase. It has the same powers and abilities also. No, but I'm trying to make all 151 of those original Pokemon. You know, you gotta respect that at least. I lunged at him with the golf club. He backed away and I hit the wall. He picked up his Pikachu and held it in his arms and started to pet it. Even the Pikachu's yelps of pain, it was still receiving some sort of pleasure from the cuddling. And he said, you gotta understand, you know, I'm not, I'm not after, if you don't want to give me your money, I'm not gonna take it from you. No. No, I just, I, I need more resources for my collection. He kept trying to persuade me while I was going after him with the golf cart, or the, uh, the golf club. 
tell you what I need. Can I tell you what I need? I kept whacking at him. the Pikachu up and he said Pikachu use Thunderbolt a shock emitted from his cheeks and it hit me in the chest you know and I fell back I don't even know how that worked I just how did you do that without it what and I said yeah yeah, I can pinpoint the direction of the electricity, you know? I told you I've been working at this shit for a long time. Over ten years have I been doing this. This is a Pikachu. And you're going to help me with the, my collection, whether you like it or not. And if you're not going to help me invest... some material I said material material for what and he said well my next project's gonna be more it's gonna be more ambitious but my next project's gonna be a Mr. Mime I thought about it it's been years since I thought about Pokemon like Mr. Mime okay Mr. Mime is a Real clown, clowny kind of Pokemon. Probably one of the more humanoid kind of Pokemon. I stop. I realize what he wants to do. And I say, it's never going to happen. And he said, well... Mr. Mime out of you whether you like it or not I tried to get up it was hard after being electrocuted in that way sparks were still emitting from the Pikachu's face my last bit of energy, I take the golf club, whack the Pikachu out of Todd's hands, and he says, Pikachu! So I lunge at him, I take the golf club and put it against his neck, and then lean all my pressure on him. It's hard enough so he wasn't able to speak. I was working out on all adrenaline at the time. And I thought to myself, all right, maybe if I just get him to pass out and call the cops or something. But then I heard something snap, and his face went blank. And he wasn't breathing. I stared at his body. Realizing what I'd done. Seeing the lifelessness in his face. Taking a closer look. 
about the way he aged in 10 years. A little bit more neck fat. He started to wear glasses. A little bit of a receding hairline. All the things you can appreciate, uh, the changes you can appreciate from knowing someone from a very long duration of time. In this case, it felt like a... some sort of bastardization of someone I didn't want to see at all. I could hear breathing and wheezing. Pikachu creature on the other side of the room. I held the Pikachu in my arms, trying to comfort it in some way. Already, I was feeling attached to it. I could tell it was in a lot of pain. When attacking Todd, I was acting all on adrenaline, but this was a more of a calculated decision. back to my childhood of me actually wanting Pokemon to be real. And I felt like this night uh, more was being lost. It felt like a weird goodbye to childhood. This whole encounter. So I take uh, the Pikachu creature take the golf club and I say I'm sorry and and it's misery That was Quarantine Spook Show. I'm Kyle Carezzi. And good night.